You're now listening to the River Claremont Podcast. I met a man years ago. Some of you have heard this testimony. Came to the service. I reached out my hand to greet him. He wouldn't even shake my hand. He was so depressed. Looked like death warmed up. Sat through the whole service and the Lord said, preach on joy. And the guy sat on the front row. That's how it always happens. Another time the Lord said, preach on joy. And I walk in the sanctuary in the lobby and everybody was crying. Looked like a funeral service. And the Lord's like, preach on joy. And I was like, no, I think trucking through tough times. I feel that. I feel that's the message. And this man, he didn't smile, didn't even crack a grin, didn't even say hello, wouldn't even say anything. I said, at the end of the service, I said, who needs joy? He was the first person up. It wasn't a word of knowledge. It was pretty obvious. But when I laid hands on him, the whole church started laughing except for him. Talking to everybody, everybody got the joy, but the guy that came forward for joy. It's like a reverse successful altar call, you know? At that point, you know it's definitely not me. Because the one that my hands are on is doing nothing, and the rest of the place is feeling like Andy over here. Lord, give Andy a fresh drink. Drink, drink, drunk. Drink, drink, drunk. Lord says, Your wife, she's in my hands. This is not a setback to her. I'm going to make it all well in Jesus' name. Well, the guy didn't come back to the service the next night, but then the final night of the week, he came back and his whole face was shining. I mean, he act, you could see his teeth. He was actually smiling. And he was beaming and he ran up and shook my hand. Gave me a high five. This is the same guy that looked like a mummy two nights before. And I said, what happened? He said, let me tell you what happened in my life. When I was 21 years old, I got drunk and I hit a young man. Got out of the car and held him in my arms as he, as he died in my arms. 21 years old, took a life. Boy, did you see how that just sucked the joy right out of the place? <laughs> Those of you that do have the joy still feel awkward right now. Now is not a good time to laugh. And he said, from that day I made a, made a vow to the Lord I would never touch alcohol the rest of my life. And he said, I was true to that. But he said, but the depression and the heaviness has never left me. He said, when you laid hands on me, I was so desperate for a miracle. I tried with all that I could, but I couldn't get it. I went home that night and I said to the Lord, Lord, if joy is really the key, I really want it. He said, when I laid my hand on my pillow, I started to laugh. He said, I didn't stop laughing all night long. I laughed all through the night. I didn't even sleep. I went to work the next day laughing. My boss thought, what is this? Because I've always been depressed. Laughed all through the service. He said, I haven't even been to bed and I feel refreshed. People say, what is joy? People only laugh when something's funny. No, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It makes us strong. It makes us strong. You can have joy in the worst circumstances. You can have joy when all hell is at your door. You can get drunk on the new wine of the Holy Ghost and everything will be fine. Why? Because he fights his... That's it. Yeah, drink. Drunk. The Buddha. 
Fill him up, Lord. Fill him up, Lord. Give Trevor a little bit of your joy, Lord. Just a little bubble, just a little hee-hee-hee. A little hee-hee-hee right there. It is. There it is. There it is. A little ha-ha-ha. For those of you, this is your first time here. I'm a guest speaker. I'm, this church will probably never have me back again. Well, that's all right. Actually, I am the pastor of this place. I actually do claim these people. They're all right in my book. Well, is the Lord good? If you think the Lord is good, I want you to take 15 seconds and praise Him for all that He's done. Come on, church. Father, You're glorious, You're magnificent, You're mighty, You're spectacular, You're strong. Your presence is all that we want and all that we need. We're not stopping. We're just getting started. That just, it's just you feel that shift there and fire. Joy, 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 yeah. The Holy Ghost. Fill him up. 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 That's it. Joy of the Lord. Let it bubble up. Let it bubble up. More, 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 more. You're gonna, you're, you're Jesus, get him drunker than he's ever been in his life on the new wine of the Spirit. See, the world has counterfeit. The world has counterfeit. The world has regret. It has pain, but God has overflow. God has joy. God has more, 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 more. Jesus. Woo. Hey, might need an usher myself here in a moment. Might need an usher myself in a moment. Hey, bless this man, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Man, when I looked at you, I just felt the Lord just say, man, he loves you so much. I hate to you, but I feel like almost the word impressed. It has been impressive what you've walked through, what you've navigated. Father, I thank you for a refreshing of your spirit upon him. Hey, hey, come on. Keep entering in, church. This is what we came for. Bless Amy. Bless them. Bless the cousins or the nieces or whatever relation they are. <laughs> Woo. Fire fall. Man, we're talking about days of the Pentecost. We're talking about Holy Ghost and fire. We're talking about cloven tongues. We're talking about mighty, rushing winds. Oh, it filled the house where they were staying. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost fill this house, God. Hey, hey, 
Hey, mama, 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 Jeez, my whole body's electrified. My gosh, I can't even feel my feet as I walk right now. My, 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 my. Oh, fire. That is, that's it, that's it. Let it in, let it in, let it in, let it in. Fire, 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 fire. Roma, my, my, Monday. Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the joy of the Lord. Let it bubble up, strengthen him. Joy, you laugh like this, Nathan. Ha, ha, ha. He, he, he. It's real serious now. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. If you have not walked through enough for evidence to say the Lord loves you and is working things together for good for you, then boy, I don't know. He is with you. Things are working together for good. And the good is a good that multiplies. What is good today gets better tomorrow and better the next day and better the next day. He is taking you from faith to faith and glory to glory, says the Lord. Get ready, 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 get ready. Jesus. My, my, my. My, my life's being changed. Bodies being healed. Miracles pop like popcorn in, in their services like this. You walk out of here thinking these people are crazy, and then you'll realize you're healed on the way home. You walk out of this place thinking that's the wildest church I've ever been to, but when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, you're going to laugh, and it ain't going to stop because this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Jesus. It's holy too. It's holy too. Man, this is a holy moment, church. Services like these, the heavenly assignments get given. Jesus. It's services like these that ideas come to people. Business ideas that shapes their future for generations. Never, ever sell God short. Never, ever become so religious or arrogant that you think you can understand God and all of His ways with your three-pound brain. He is a lot bigger than your three-pound, squishy little brain. His ways are above our ways. They are greater than our ways. They are holy ways. Everything God does is holy. Everything God does is pure. Everything He touches gets better. And every time you spend with Him is the best decision you could ever make. Let me tell you, I've had hours upon the carpet hours, hours, never in the ministry, never called to preach, just on the ground, the glory of God. Sometimes he spoke, sometimes I rolled, sometimes I laughed, sometimes I cried, sometimes I cried and laughed. It's called crafting, but don't say it too loud. People think you're saying something else. 
And in it, the mind, sometimes what was it about? See, we always, we always want to figure out the why. Why, God? Why? And you can't even say why without sounding like a whiny baby. <laughs> Ever notice that? Just the word itself sounds like a whine. Why? Why, God? Why would you ever do that? <laughs> Looks like a mess to me. And I remember one time I said that to the Lord. I said, why? <laughs> and the Lord, the Lord's gracious, you know. We set him up with so many moments that he could really, and he's so gracious. And he said, son, you're asking the wrong question. I said, all right, what's the right question? He said, it's not why, it's who. It's who. It's who's touching them. It's whose presence they're in. It's who you're with right now. For the Bible says if you would just draw near to him, he will draw near to you. You know, I've learned that it, you could literally, and I mean this, literally, spend your entire life pursuing God 10 hours a day and never, even if you lived 120 years, exhaust the realms of the Spirit. He's bigger than this world. His ways are so holy and so great. He can shift nations. He can turn a nation in a day. That didn't happen once in the Bible. That happened multiple times in the Word of God. He turned a nation's heart back in a day. In a day. When the fire of God fell on the mount, the prophet Elijah was there. I counted it one time, the prayer that he prayed. Because I thought, you know, if you're squaring off to change a nation's heart and you got to pray down the presence of God, Man, I'd I'd have spent hours on that prayer. You know what I'm saying? That's the way we think. Oh, I know how to get the Lord to move. I'm a quote King James because I know that's the only version He's really pleased with. None of that passion stuff. I'm a quote King James from sun up till sundown. But I, I counted it, and I want to get it right, but I want to say that his entire prayer, I believe, was 12 seconds long. I timed myself praying it, and even drew it out slow for effect. 12 seconds. After hours of the prophets of Baal calling, cutting themselves down. Well, how does that apply today? There is countless hours of lies from hell being broadcast on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, you name it. Every lie of the devil spewed 24-7 to change the minds of this nation, to change a generation, to pervert their thoughts. But let me tell you, God can turn around a hundred years of lies in 12 seconds. If you believe that, I want you to shout amen right now. That's why services like these matter. Services like these matter because you need to get it from God. If man gives it to you, then man can take it from you. But if you get it from God, there is not an army on planet earth. There is nothing the world can do to take from you what God gives you. 
Say, how do I get it? You get it freely. God gives it freely to those that press past the veil of the flesh. What's the veil of the flesh? That's that part of you that is concerned about what someone thinks. You all have it. No, comparison, fear of failure, all of that's rooted in that one thing, that flesh that wants you to think that the only thing that really matters is being accepted by a crowd. Well, why do you want to be accepted by a crowd that is wrong when you could be accepted by a king that is right? Why would I stoop to the lowest level when I have been called to the highest place? Why would I depart the table that he has set before me in the presence of my enemies to go back into their camp? No. No, I'm through with that. I'm through with that, trying to live up to their measures. Nah, never going to live up to it. I'd rather spend my evenings with nothing but the Word of God and the Spirit of Heaven and hear that still small voice. He can say to me in one to two words what man can't put in me with hour-longs of sermons. And he's the voice of many waters. He can say something that re- re- just goes over and over again in your spirit and it has layers. When God speaks, it has layers. God can speak to you and that one word carry you for 90 years on earth. And it always be just as fresh as the day it was said. That is only the voice of the Lord. Say, how do I know if I've heard his voice? If there is something that resounded in your spirit that every time you think about it, it is just as powerful and potent as the first time you heard it, that's the voice of the Lord. And if that voice said, I want you to go do this, then what are you still sitting around? Waiting for the stars to line up? Waiting for your horoscope to confirm it? Forget your horoscope. Your spirit confirmed it. When you knew, see the spirit of truth is the spirit of truth. When God speaks, your spirit knows it. It connects. It's almost like a thunderbolt or a lightning strike within you. Like, uh, that's more than just words. That's more than just thoughts. That is something deep that has been deposited in me. And the Bible says that when he deposits that word, it is like a seed. And it was sent forth and it will accomplish that which it was sent forth to do. Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Father, speak to your people right now. Minister by your spirit in this place. Father, even those with resistance within them. Lord, I'm thinking that the love of God would melt every barrier around their heart just as you did in me. All those years ago as a redneck child in Tennessee. Not going to cry, not going to show emotion, definitely not going to answer an altar call. And you broke every barrier till I found myself running and crying like a baby and loving every moment of it. You changed me. You spoke into me things that no one ever spoke into me. You showed me things that no one ever showed me. You put value in my life that I didn't ever put in it. You're good, God. You're always good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. I serve Him. That means this. My life will be good. The circumstances around my life have to yield to the goodness of God. They have to yield to the goodness of God. 
They will. It doesn't matter if it looks like the most well-devised plan of hell, wherever there is, where I'm between a rock and a hard place, between a sea and an army. My God will part the waters and I will walk through and the very thing meant to hold me back will be the thing to destroy the thing chasing me. Think about it. I want you to just let, you, let your spirit take over right now. He's so big. He's so big. Jesus. <laughs> He's so big. There was nothing on this earth. You know, he knows where every ant is. He knows where every diamond is hidden. He put them there. He knows where every vein of gold still rests today. You know, they say that only 20% of the world's gold has been found. Well, pray a gold rush in this place. Father, we thank you for gold bars being brought up in this house. Shabbat bah. The silver and gold is yours, Lord. Hey, only 20%. You know who knows where it's at? God. You know whose voice speaks to you? God. Hey, I'm feeling a career change. There's gold in them there hills. Some of you are going to go out and buy a pan today. Now think about it. He knows the number of hairs on your head, which means you don't know that. You know what I mean? You don't know that you have it, and you don't know it, and you can't count it. I'd like to see you try. You can't know that, but he knows that intimate detail about you, which means he knows you better than you know you. Hey, and definitely better than the devil knows you. So that means what the devil devises, thinking that he has the crafty plan to distract, discourage, or break you, God knows you better, and that God speaking to you will give you such insight that the devil will never, ever, ever be able to lay a finger on you. If you believe that, say amen. Jesus. Our God is an awesome God. Man, the stars in the heavens, he placed them there and he holds them there. The world's sitting there thinking a meteor is going to come and take out the, the world. Got Congress meeting about aliens. Seriously. That's the world we live in. We got guys dressing up like girls and winning tournaments. The world is so confused. I mean, I know it's not politically correct, but I would venture to say it's retarded. I said it. It's, it's not, you can't even go there. And so why do we care about anything they do? Why do we care about any opinion they have? Why would you care about the opinion? And, that's, and, and, and on that, I just want you to realize why I'm hitting this. See, the religious church embraced being attractive to the world over attracting the Spirit of God. And they did it thinking, well, this is a, we'll get more people. But what they didn't realize, you may draw a lot of people, but you're not changing people. And what is the point? What's the point of, 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 of anything we do in the church if the glory of God is not the primary focus? Are you the one that can change the hearts of men? 
Can you walk in and turn their life? Can you walk into a person's life strung out, being beaten at their house, and all hell breaking loose the moment they walk out of here, and you're okay? it's going to be okay and pat them on the back be enough? No. But the presence of God can come in in such a strong way. And the anointing can destroy those yokes. He can break things. I've seen him make homeless people living under a bridge be exalted to the level of leading churches that are thriving and successful. I've seen God do what man can't even comprehend. And it's not difficult for God. Someone says, how does it happen? It happens day by day saying yes to God. Yeah. See, I was born as a, as, a, as, a, as a dairy farmer's son in Tennessee. We never went anywhere. Anybody that's ever been a part of farming and dairy farming. You work seven days a week including Christmas. Morning and night. 3.30 in the morning, 3.30 at night. Next day, 3.30 in the morning, 3.30 at night. The cows do not understand the word vacation. We never went anywhere. If we went somewhere, it was for like a night and then had to rush back to the farm as someone covered one evening. And as a kid, I had such a desire to travel. I wanted to see the world. I was adventurous. I would leave the house between milkings and I would just wander the mountains for hours and come back, milk. I was always that way. And I said yes to the Lord. The Lord didn't tell me what he's going to do in my life. He just said, I want you to go to Bible college. I said yes. For one, that was information because I didn't even know Bible colleges existed. I was like, you mean to tell me there's schools where people go to read the Bible? <laughs> Why? And I went in five years from saying yes to God. I was the first person in my family to get a passport and travel to the nations of the world. In five years of serving God, the Lord had taken me to six different nations. Five years. And I remember, I remember when, when it came to a head after that five-year period, finishing college and coming back from Africa and stepping up to preach in the River Tampa, and the Lord had said to me, you're going to do that. And it brought me full circle, and I realized I never told anybody what God said to me. But God made it happen. Which means when God plans something for you, you don't have to help Him. You just have to say yes. And that yes is a daily yes. Amen? And I remember standing in that moment, like the divine timing and the divine weight of God came upon me, and I realized... I was exactly where I was supposed to be when I was supposed to be there. And there's no feeling in this world that is greater than that feeling to know I am at an ordained place in my life that God, the author and the finisher of the entire world, ordained for me to be at at this time, and I made it. I made it. And you look back at that moment and you're like, I didn't do anything fancy to get here. I didn't rally support. I didn't send out letters. I didn't. All I did was each day when he told me to do it, and some of those days, I want you to get this, some of those days you felt like God's man of faith and power. You were like, I'm plowing ahead. Some of those days you felt like, God, did you forget about me? So if you look at it in the daily, you know what I'm saying, and that's what we do. We let a day change and alter the course of our life. It's just a day. Hey. 
But if you follow the Spirit, the Spirit doesn't let the winds and the waves of this world toss you to and fro. See, the Bible talks about that. In the last days, even some of the elders will be led astray. It says there will arise a church full of people that desire teachers that tickle their ears so that they feel good but don't change. They're like those that hear the truth but never come to truly walk in it. They have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Their lives aren't transformed. Their minds aren't renewed. And every wind of the devil will toss them to and fro. But you are not that person. Hey! It's not because you're well-educated. It's not because you look the part, look around the room. God picks a myriad of people. There's one thing good about God. He is diverse. And the beauty of it is, as the Bible says, all of us were made in His image. So look around and look at the face of God. God is diverse. That's why the angels can't stop saying holy, holy. Because every time they look at him, he's better than the last time they looked at him. And just think, if you're in his image, at one moment in eternity, they looked and saw your face and went, whoa, holy, holy. Every wrinkle is a God valley of joy. So you get to the point where you realize, I remember it's becoming a pastor. One of the weirdest things that came on me was when we, when we started pastoring, this pressure, this unspoken pressure. But didn't, I don't even know where it came from. It came from hell, really. To be like everybody else. Well, if you, if you, if you do what, they, what works for them, you're going to have great success. Okay, well, let's do that. You know, let's, let's chop that. There are literally organizations that teach people not to use the word Holy Ghost. Is the Holy Ghost in the Bible? Let me just ask you that. Is the word Holy Ghost found in Scripture? Half the church says yes. The other half is like, I haven't read it. I think so. There's literally organizations, church organizations, that teach ministers not to use that word Holy Ghost because it's offensive. It has a bad connotation. So don't use Holy Spirit. Don't use Holy Ghost. Use Spirit of God. Why? If it's in the Bible. Would I ever listen to a Yahoo that cooked up his thing by reading self-help strategies to build a church. And they have 1,800 people and they leave empty every single week. The marriages in the church are on the rocks. People's lives aren't being transformed. All because they think that they know better than God knows. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of that. I say, God, if you want to throw me on the ground, roll me eight times, flip me back over, cook the other side. You want me to laugh? If you want me to cry, if you want me to run, I'll run, God. Just whatever you do, include me in it. Who in here feels like 100% that's me? Then you're in the right place. And here's why I'm closing now. I'm closing because it's Fast Track Sunday. For those of you that think praying about joining the church. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. 
This was the fast track. We just, we just bypassed. We just went right for it today, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I'm closing with this, though, that it's been heavy on my heart. Number one, the church has got to take seriously our call for the miraculous, which is not something the five-fold ministry alone is supposed to pursue. It's something the church as a whole and our diverseness is supposed to carry. So the miraculous power of God should be a prayer focus and a heart desire in your life. To the point that you're willing to get in uncomfortable situations to allow God a place for the miraculous. You with me? When God says pull over and pray for that person, you don't tell him I'm too busy. You say I've got all the time in the world because my father can stop the sun. We got to take that seriously right now because the devil is doing his best to break the hope of this generation. The fear of hell is meant to destroy this generation, but guess what? It will not win because the devil does not have the proper weapons to defeat the church of Jesus Christ. So we're going to do that. Now, what does that look like for church and personal? Personal, it means that my prayer focus, my heart's desire, my study in the word, Lord, show me in the word. The reality of the miraculous power of God, that it burns within my spirit so that when I lay hands on people, I don't lay hands on people with empty hands. That's my personal heart's cry. As a church, it means that when you come in here, we, may we come into this place so full of expectation that even if the worship team is tired, which look at how cute they are sitting there still, still hovering, waiting for the offering song. That's dedication right there. We salute you. Give them a hand clap. Awesome group of people. We should come into this place with such anticipation and expectation that even if they're exhausted, hadn't slept in two weeks, you're going to bring such an attitude of breakthrough in the place that it's going straight to the glory realm. Amen. Church is meant to be a place where the glory of God resides, and it's, it's, it's unlocked by our pursuit of heaven. Amen. So we do that corporately, and if we do that corporately, God will show up every time. Because you know what? He is more faithful than you are. Thanks for listening to River Claremont's podcast. We pray you were greatly blessed by this message. If you'd like to keep up to date with what's happening at the River Claremont Church, visit us at riverclaremont.com.